Welcome to episode 64 of the McCovey Croncast. This is August 21st, and the Giants are still fighting for the title of worst team in baseball. I'm Sammy Higgins, and I'm here with Doug Brazzoni. Doug, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh, I haven't been eliminated from the NLS competition yet, so I'm doing better than the Giants. How are you? Um, about the same. So I guess we'll just jump right in it and face our own mortality here. Um, <laughs> we're officially eliminated from contention in the West yesterday. And Doug, how does it make you feel? And more specifically, about Hunter Strickland's role in it and the booing that followed. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who who missed the game, uh, good job. First of all. You you had a much better way of spending your Sunday, and you probably did it. Um, but if if you missed it, the Giants were up two one in the eighth, and after a shaky but scoreless inning from Mark Lance in the seventh, which uh, was aided by a Jarrett Carter outfield assist to get a runner out at home. Hunter Strickland came in and he gave up five straight hits and six hits in the span of seven batters, all of them singles, to give up three runs in the lead, and that's how the Giants lost. So. I think that was really great because the Giants, well, I shouldn't say the Giants were getting on the Phillies. The Phillies were getting on the Giants for that number one pick. And you know what? The Giants should really just be gunning for it. They should be getting the best talent in the draft. So I think Hunter Strickland was doing the organization's long-term failure by just being incredibly hittable in two strike counts again and again and again and again and again and And again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean – Normally, I'm not here for fans booing their own players. But with, you know, kind of the season that we've had, not the full season with Hunter Strickland, but this, the shenanigans he got up to earlier this year, it kind of felt really fitting that it was him that was, you know, the one that caused, caused the damage and, and received the booing. Um, I, I'm not saying I would have booed, but I, I probably wouldn't have discouraged it in others. Right. Yeah, I mean, I understand the booing, but – that's a really awful outing to watch. Just someone repeatedly fail. And Hunter Strickland's not a bad pitcher. And that's kind of the thing that we all gloss over a little bit when uh, when we're talking about him being hothead. And we remember sort of the big moments where he didn't do a great job. But he has had a good a good few years overall. And he has just failed in certain key spots that we remember. And this was another thought that he failed, not an especially key one, not an important one. The Giants, whether or not they won today, were not going to win the NL West. I feel pretty confident in saying the Dodgers were probably going to win another game this year. Yeah, uh, but it, it was fitting in a way because I'm, the problem with the Giants this year was all these players we expected good things from, just they didn't do it, other than Buster Posey. They just failed. And Hunter Strickland expected to be a solid late inning reliever. Hunter Strickland expected to not maybe to have matured since he yelled at Salvador Perez in the World Series in 2014. And so the big failure for him this year is that he couldn't, he didn't mature. You know, he threw a Bryce Harper, he hit him, there was a suspension, there was a whole thing. And so this, and so today or yesterday, when he, when he basically failed in the eighth inning. It really was a fitting way for the Giants to officially enter NL West title. Right. I mean, I wouldn't like if it was just a bad performance. You know, I'd just be like, oh, that sucks. I would, you know, I wouldn't get any enjoyment out of seeing the pitcher fail in that position. But I think I, I don't know. I think he saved a lot of fans' interest in him earlier this season 
when he went after Bryce Harper and, you know, like Michael Morse is still on the DL and will probably never play baseball again professionally. So, I mean, I, I think it's more like that that I found it fitting for him to be the one that obviously he didn't cost them the season or anything. It wasn't like the NLDS last year, but you know, it did happen to be the game that they were eliminated in. And, you know, they didn't have to be eliminated today. It could have been against a decent team tomorrow, but it had to be eliminated by the Phillies. It's just things. This week, the Giants came to Marlins on the road and the Phillies at home. And they won the other series. So they lost the series to Miami, and then they ended up splitting the series against the Phillies. Um, going back to the road trip, so East Coast games are always kind of a bummer for those of us who work, you know, one, on the West Coast and two, you know, like daytime business hours. Um, but even when it's a night game, we miss a good chunk of it. But you kind of brought up something that I've been noticing over the last couple of years is that it seems like Madison Bumgarner gets more daytime starts than any other pitcher on the rotation. Um, maybe that's a thing with aces. I, I haven't really done the math, but it kind of seems like he's the one that gets all the daytime starts. Have you noticed that? starts, but it it could just be sort of a quirk of uh, how when he came back uh, off the DL, he started on a certain day and just sort of lined up at every fifth day or so from then has been the, the daytime one. You know, you, there are certain rhythms that a season has and uh, he he could just he could just sort of happen to hit those without any kind of bigger thing in mind. You know, he's, he's not necessarily in the ace spot of the rotation. Uh, after he also breaking all that jumbled up anyway, but Ty Block took his took his spot. So, you know, guess, who who knows how how any of that happens? I guess we started noticing it like last year because it seemed like he was only hitting home runs in daytime games, and I never get to watch daytime games. But he seems to stand out more every time he's pitching during the day. Yeah, I mean, it could be that he just sees the better the ball better in daytime. That's why he hits better. Like he uh, he crushed that ball today. He had a like 110 mile an hour exit or yesterday, 110 mile an hour exit velocity uh, that he hit for a, a single, that he hit for a single that knocked in Ryder Jones for the short-lived two-one lead. So maybe he's just a better hitter in the daytime. I don't know. It could be. That's, that's a good point. Um, so um, I guess speaking of Madison Bumgarner, I was actually kind of surprised to learn that he had three wins on the season. Like I know that like pitcher wins are meaningless, but I was really expecting him to be like one and eight on the year. Um, why, why did the Giants hate Madison Bumgarner, Doug? Um, you know, he's he's been kind of rubbing them the wrong way for a while because he was good and they weren't, which is really showing up the rest of the team. There are 23 guys on this team who are like, you know, Buster Posey obviously accepted, but 23 guys who are like, hey, come on. Like, what are you doing? We have to be on this team too. And they're just hogging all the good outings. So that offense really banded together, and they were like, and, you know, the bullpen maybe talked him into it. Some of the other starters were all like, look, we got to tone this down. we got to teach Madison Bumgarner a lesson about not showing up as teammates. And I think, uh, you know, they, they've occasionally scored some runs for him. So maybe he's gotten the message. Maybe. I mean, it kind of went back to the uh, the old caning tonight, or yesterday, with the uh, two runs, that one of which he had to score himself. Um, right. Maybe he didn't get the message. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, maybe he showed up today and he just he was having a good start and like, God, can't believe we have to explain this to him again. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of seem like the offense and the um, the bullpen are kind of playing a game of chicken and who can be worse. 
Because it's like, okay, so we're going to score some runs today. Well, oh, yeah, well, we're going to give up a bunch of runs today. You know, it's just, there's it seems to be, like, two things going at the, going right at the same time, especially when you've got, like, Madison Bumgarner performance today, or on Sunday, and, you know, they're like, no, we're, we're also going to not score runs, and we're going to give up a bunch of them. Yeah, no, it was um, it was really concerted effort by them to, to say, look, if you want to win, Madison, you're going to have to literally do it all yourself. So let's see who's so good now. Let's see who the World Series MVP now, Spencer. I mean, he does have two career grand slams, right? He could he really win a game by himself, even when they gave up. How many runs he could. Him? Yeah, he absolutely could. He uh, he probably is the best threat in the lineup to hit home run right now. So you know what? Hit some home runs or else don't whine about losing. Right. I mean, they should really just insert him in the lineup next time they go to a DH city. Yeah. Exactly, like they did last year in Oakland. Oh, that's right. Did they? Oh, but it was for his own pitching performance, right? It wasn't like in a game, a game that he wasn't playing. No, it wasn't. It was they just yeah. didn't use the DH in, the, in that game. It would, it would be more fun to just allow him to be the DH or to get pinch hit appearances regularly when when he's not pitching. You know, it's a little bit. That's true. I would enjoy that much more than pretty much anyone else being the DH. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him take some uh, pinch hit appearances over the last, mostly was it last season? Yeah, uh, last season, the year before that. Uh, in 2015, he uh, he pinch hit against Aroldis Chapman and he drew a walk. That's it, was, it was really impressive. Wasn't it the first walk? No. It was the first walk that he had issued to a pitcher, right? Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, oh, well, so speaking of positives, let's, uh, let's look at some of the highlights of this week. Um, the Giants crushed the Phillies on Friday night, like, you know, crushed them to the ground. Um, it kind of feels like there's always one great offensive game against the Phillies every year. You know, Friday was that one for us. Um, it, it kinda, yeah, they showed up on Friday. It was yeah. it was interesting. It reminded me of that game in 2015 against the Phillies where they won, like, 15 to 2 or something and Hunter Pence. It was Pence on the fence night, and Hunter Pence hit a grand slam right at, like, his little – you know, the creepy dolls that were all over the audience. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to have a big offensive game. Like, you, you need a little something to keep your spirits up. Yeah, and, you know, you need to make those numbers look better than they feel. Um, so when you look at the number of runs they scored in the series, like, they had a pretty good offensive series. And then people who watch last couple games are like, no, no. Right, but if you divide it by four, you know, it looks right. a little bit better. I don't know. Um, and that's kind of the thing is when you have this like high scoring game against a terrible team, you know, it's kind of fun, but in the back of your mind, you're always just like, but it's the Phillies, which I'm sure they're saying, but it's the Giants about us. So, um, right, exactly. It's like that Spider Man meme where they're both pointing at each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so back to the fun things. Um, so Denard is going to hit a first pitch inside the park home run on Saturday. Um, that I missed by about two pitches because I hadn't turned the game on yet. Um, but that was pretty cool. I ended up getting to see it later. Um, so Carmen Q on Twitter says she feels like if your team gets an inside the park home run, you should automatically win. And I think I agree with that. Um, so what what are your thoughts on the inside the park home run? It was it was really fun. Uh, it was it, I, I was actually watching the game at the time, and uh, Dwayne Kuyper's call on it was incredible on TV. And then later I heard John Miller's call on radio, which was also fantastic. 
And it was just a really fun, kind of electrifying moment. I mean, you think, yeah, take that, Phillies. You can, <laughs> you, we can beat you. You're not that impressive. And then it turns out, no, that's, they, they lost the game. So. They, they did. And, you know, it was kind of, it wasn't obviously not in that at bat because he made it all the way around, but in his next appearance um, where he hit in two more runs. And then he had the toot plan, kind of a toot plan, where he got picked off and he didn't try and force the, the pickle. Um, yeah. I mean, it was funny because at that moment, I was like, so obviously in the next half inning, the Giants are going to give up three runs. And that play is going to be really real event. And what happened? Three run home run. You know, three run home run. Like eight more runs, but still. Um, yeah, so, okay, so speaking of that three run homer, that was um, Reed Hoskins. So he hit that one, and then he also had two runs in Sunday's game, including a home run in the ninth. So for you and I, he's a local boy because he's from Sacramento. Um, how do you feel about local players getting big moments when they play against the Giants? I mean, if the Giants were better, it would be annoying. But as it is, it's just kind of fun. Like just sort of, ha, ah, they, they missed <laughs> on somebody. Um, and, you know, they have drafted plenty of local guys. Like, Nate Sherholz was, was a local guy. Uh, Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford, yeah, obviously. And, there's you know, there's only a couple others. And, they, you know, it, they don't all pan out. Some of them do, some of them don't. But, you know, you're just going to miss sometimes. Um, you're going to not draft somebody. You're going to see something similar in somebody else and take him instead. So, yeah, it's it's kind of fun for those guys who get to do well. Uh, it's not fun for us, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like it because, you know, it's like you think about we have a lot of, like, players, local players that are playing for other teams. We don't really get to see them play very often or root for them. So it's kind of nice, you know, to see a guy get to come to, you know, a team that he grew up following and being a fan of and coming in and, you know, getting to shoot off a little bit for his friends and family, even when it's slightly annoying. It's still pretty cool for them. That's true. I mean, I was uh... – I was at a game at the game in uh, in 2004 where Eric Burns hit two three-run homers against the Giants, and he had a bunch of friends in left field in the bleachers, and they started booing him, which is a pretty funny story. His friends booed him. His friends were well, so his friends were Giants fans, and then right. he started booing him because what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be tough then, because if, if, if it's somebody that you know, but you're a Giants. <laughs> Right, where are yeah, your... Clearly yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were actually happy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah sarcastic booing. <laughs> um, okay, so I know we're going to have our usual round of questions, but over the weekend, um, I kind of was looking for things to talk about. So I have a few Twitter um, replies. We'll get into the, the ones from earlier today or from um, Sunday that you asked or later. Um, the first one I have is from Thomas Kennard, and that's at tkennard318. He asks, who would win a baseball game between the all-time butt-ass Giants or the 2017 Giants? I mean, look, the 2017 Giants have more talent than the all-time butt-ass Giants. Um, you know, the all-time butt-ass Giants are starting Johnny LeMaster and a bunch of people I've never heard of probably, maybe Todd Willemeyer, I don't know. But the 2017 Giants would find a way to lose. I really believe that. This is a team that's just, they're so dedicated to losing. They could really do it. I believe in them. 
See, I don't know. I, the all-time badass violence aren't there because they were suckless. They're there because they're the worst of the worst. And yes, the 2017 team is terrible, but they're not the all-time worst. Like you said, they do have talent. They're just, I think they're cursed or something. <laughs> um, maybe. maybe. I don't know. We're still we're still re- grasping at straws for a reason here. Um, <laughs> so Steve Sensen, at Sensen19, brought up the topic of concussions and how the players, Giants players keep getting them. Um, Steve, I don't really know what the Giants are supposed to be doing to avoid getting other players getting hit in the head. I mean, they don't exactly ever teach you how to avoid that in baseball or in life. Um, it is concerning though, and I, I I I do I don't know I don't know what the medical staff is doing if they're doing everything that they can in terms of not letting guys play before they're ready. I'm not in there for the conversations or the medical tests or any of that, but I, I think it's just hard luck more than anything. And I think like in general sports, uh, in sports in general, um, head injuries are kind of brushed aside. Um, I think even more so by the fans and that they kind of expect players to come back you know, right away, like it's nothing. And I just, I think people need to shift their perspective on that. Yeah, I think that, uh, I I think it's bad when Giants players get concussions and they shouldn't do that. So let me just say that. I'm going to take a stand. Uh, I would also say that um, it's it's worrying, you know, especially with people who have multiple concussions. Uh, You look at Belt, he's had a lot. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say any of them are his fault, but at the same time, after you've had a few, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but after maybe one, even one, maybe, you know, your body sort of changes. So it really is worrying. And uh, I think the next time he gets hit in the head, that Jeff Samarja should charge the mound from the dugout. Because you know what? You got to just teach him. You got to just teach other people. Don't throw in your Brandon Bell's head. Brandon Bell's with precious cargo. Yeah, I mean, we've had this conversation before and that, like, statements need to be issued, like, written statements issued to all teams that are about to play the Giants, that they should take, obviously, take care of not hitting anyone in the head, but take extra care with Brandon Belt, because he's yeah. not going to take any more hits. Right. Um, but overall, it is it is something you worry about, you know, because you hear about, you hear about the NFL, and you hear about how that all, how you know, what happens to those guys who get concussed basically every week. Um, and baseball is not going to be in that same realm, but you can see the extreme form of the health damage that happens in return. And you don't want any of that to happen to Bell. You don't want any of that to happen to anyone. Um, and so it, it is something that you can worry about a little bit because it's it's not good to see this. And Bell's having a lot of trouble this year recovering too, which is something you could expect, but it's it's hard to see. It's hard to see, but I'm glad that he doesn't feel like he should rush his way back. I mean, obviously he's not well, you know, but I feel like sometimes players have like an, this like idea that they have to be tough and being tough means not being on the disabled list and not taking the time you need to recover. So I am glad to see that he is taking his time because really, you know, whether they were contenders or not, I would still rather he take the time he needs for his, you know, not only his, his career, but his health, you know, the rest of his life and every other player that goes through that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, concussions are pretty bad. Um, Summer Shandy, um, at Sandy, P-I-G-H-E, Sandoval, do the Giants keep him for next year? Uh, yeah, they'll have inventory. 
and they're like, well, we might have something. So, um, yeah, so they're going to keep him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just can't see them not keeping him. Um, I, I mean, I get the arguments against it, and I kind of agree with a lot of them, and I think that he will, you know, hold back any prospects that are, you know, getting close to coming up. Um, I don't know, but I know the Giants, and I know how they work, and they're going to, you know, I, I guess value, not value loyalty, but value what, seniority. I don't, I don't really know how to phrase it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure either, um, like how to, how to put it. But yeah, they, they're going to give him a chance. These people who have done well for them in the past, they always get chances that other people wouldn't get, and you can kind of understand that to an extent. Uh, but at the same time, it's leading to Pablo Sandoval getting a lot of it back. When he, based on merit, probably shouldn't. But then again, who else are they going to play? So yeah, that's kind of where they're at. Yeah. I, I, it's, I'm having a hard time thinking of the 2018 Giants, just because I know we have to we have six more weeks of the 2017 Giants, and who knows what could happen between now and then. So um, I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if they'll get aggressive and just, you know, I, I don't know. I, like I said, hard time thinking about it. Um, so, okay, kind of speaking of that, um, Ron Jason Games is Games, uh, at Monster without the E, underscore Immortal, asks, will Bochy and Co. have the cojones to go with the youth movement? Um, Ron, I don't think it would take a lot of cojones to do that at this point. Unfortunately, I, I think that too many of them are injured. I think there, isn't a, there aren't a lot of prospects left to call up, you know? I think they've called up who they're planning to call lot of prospects who are major league ready. Uh, you know, Christian Arroyo's hand is broken. He's not coming back this year. We are apparently going to see Austin Slater again. That'll be great. But it's it's pretty bare, the, the upper levels of the system, even the medium levels of the system. Um, it's, it's been a pretty dire, dire year for the, the Giants minor league system all the way around. Mm-hmm. And the guys that you might say, he, he's a young guy, call him up. There's just not a lot of reason to do that. Um, if you remember back in 2014, people were saying that about Gary Brown. Give him some starts. How bad could he be? He could be really bad. He was really bad. He was not major league ready. And so it's really the same thing, except a lot of these guys maybe worse. Yeah. Um, I think we're in for kind of a boring and like a slog fest through September because I don't think we're going to really – I think there's much interesting things that they that are left for the Giants to do. Um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit more later. 
later. Um, let's go on. We've got one more question. Um, um, Brady Klopfer at Brady Klopfer NBA, and he wants to know if there's any chance in the world that the Giants don't take Moore's option. Uh, is there a chance? Yeah, I don't think it's a very good chance. Um, I think they, they gave up too much, and he still has too much kind of potential. It's still too much stuff to just give up on. Plus, he's left-handed. You don't give up on left-handers or anything at all. Uh, I mean, Sean S. has got chances for years after he was good. Years and years and years. Uh, not with the Giants. The Giants traded him away at a pretty good time. Uh, but you'll see that a lot. Jonathan Sanchez got many chances after he was good. So teams will chase that. The Giants will chase that. It's not going to cost them that much money to chase it. And they don't really have anyone else who can fit in that spot in the rotation. Like, I know that he, Matt Moore, has been very bad this year. Trust me, I know. But he, you know, they don't have any credible way to get better from within, and you can't really pay them. And the the cost of a free agent pitcher is so high, you end up paying $19 million to get margin. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's special. So yeah. there's not really a way to replace him for that money. Yeah, I agree agree with that. Like, and I don't see, I don't even see like Johnny Cueto opting out. Um, I think barring any trades like come out of nowhere. Um, I mean, this is what we're looking at for 2018. I think it's going to be, again, barring injuries as well. Uh, Bumgarner, Cueto, Marjan Moore, and Block. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. What? Oh, sorry. Um, when you were discussing kind of the prospects, and you said that there was one that Bochi had mentioned in terms of like a starting pitcher, you said it was Suarez. Yeah, Andrew Suarez. Andrew Suarez. Yeah. So I mean, barring, like, I could see small tweaks to what we've already got, but I don't think we're going to see a big difference in the rotation aside from Matt Kane not being on the team. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so speaking of pitchers that we loved in 2010, um, this week there was kind of a little bit of flurry of, you know, not I wouldn't even say a rumor, but um, Tim Linscombe's agent was at one of the games in Miami, and it kind of got people talking about, you know, oh, wouldn't it be nice if Timmy came back? And, you know, I, I, I did write something about that and just kind of talked about how fun it would be to give Tim kind of like a little bit of closure, give us a little bit of closure. Um I don't expect it to happen, but it's the joy and stranger things have happened. And like we said, we don't think that there's going to be a lot of um, any kind of changes or anything really interesting. They're just going to be, you know, slogging their way through the rest of the season. I don't think it would be fun to see Timmy back in the in the Giants uniform. Maybe to end his career. I don't. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I mean, I have no idea what Tim Lincoln actually wants to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's. He supposedly is working out to try and come back as a major league pitcher. I, I have no idea how that's going. I yeah. doubt that he could be effective. He's been getting pretty steadily for a lot of years in a row. And that, but, uh, that story, and I'm not criticizing you for writing that story, get those clips. I would have written that story if I thought of it. Uh, because, hey, it's, it's there. People will read it. Uh, I wrote I wrote so many stories about Paul Sandoval when I didn't care about him, and people clicked on him. So you know what? Well, and uh, Timmy's my yeah. favorite. Timmy's my guy, and sure. I when I say you know it'd be fun to see him back, it's not for baseball reasons. God no, I think he'd be terrible. <laughs> I, I would hope for the best, and I would be disappointed. I know how it goes with Timmy, but it's more. To, I guess you know, kind of talked about it in my piece earlier this week, but I was at his last start. 
as a giant. And so he, nobody, you know, nobody realized, I didn't even realize he got hit. I thought they were just pulling him from the game. Um, but he took a comebacker in, uh, against the Rockies and he left the game and he never pitched again for the Giants. So it's kind of, it'd be nice to see him get a little bit of the fanfare that like Tim Hudson got or, um, you know, Jeremy Affel, you know, they all got nice big flowery send offs. It'd be nice to see something for Timmy. If he wouldn't even it be. Would. It would. And I wrote, I wrote an article earlier this year about, you know, when they signed Tim, I was like, you know what? Just bring everyone back. <laughs> and hey, Tim's first on the list because he was, he was fun. He always seemed like a good guy. Uh, and, yeah, why not at this point? What, is the team going to get worse? Really? Are we going to care about that? I don't think so. The 27th motto, why not? Right. Okay, so a little bit more fun news. Um, Barry Bonds posted a video on Twitter this weekend of him playing catch in left field, which brought on all the uh, nostalgia feels. So, Doug, on a scale of 1 to 10,000, how nostalgic – would that make you feel? And are you ready for Bonds and left field in the year 2017? I am absolutely ready for Bonds and left field in, in 2017. Uh, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, I'm like a 9,000 on how nostalgia made me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what? Yeah, bring, bring it back. Was a, you look kind of like a young Barry, too. So, you know, it's a sort of thin one. It's still a lot of faces. I, I want to see Barry Bonds come back and steal 80 base. That's what I want to see. Like, he, he can hit, like, two homers inside the park on both of them. Right, And right. then steal, steal a ton of bases, be the first 600-600 guy. Oh, it would be great. Yeah, I mean, it's going, like, the whole 2017 Giants, why not? Get a, get everybody back. Get Barry back. I mean, Asphalt's still around, you know. I don't know. I'm just – I'm sort of the only thing getting me through at this point. Bring them all back. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, Doug, uh, uh, let's talk about our favorite player of the week. Um, who have you got? Uh, for me, it was uh, it was Matt Moore. I think that, you know, we talked a little bit about Matt Moore. It's that an awful season. But he is really important. If the Giants have any sort of faint hope of contending next year, uh, he's really important. If the Giants don't have a faint hope of contending next year, and it's important for him to do well because they need to trade him for guys for the future. So he's a really big piece of what the Giants are trying to do for a while now. And uh, and so it was good. He, you know, he had a, a decent – he did not give up a lot of runs to the Phillies. It was by Stringhouse sure. and Watson. It wasn't a great start, but he, he limited the runs. And if I'm going to throw in his start against the Nationals, which I am because I can do that uh, – <laughs> He, he was great in the Nationals, and that, they have a really impressive lineup. Like, even without Bryce Harper, that lineup is loaded, and he shut him down. He gave up two runs in seven innings, struck out, I think, ten, and walked one, something like that. Mm-hmm. He he was fantastic against them, against a really tough lineup. And that, you combine those two starts, and that's a very impressive week and the kind of thing that we need to see from that more going forward or else the Giants are in a lot of trouble, not just in the short term, but in the long term with all the assets they gave up for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he had the best performances this week. I mean, I guess you could throw in Bumgarner in there, but I feel like even even with Bumgarner included, I, I feel like Moore had probably the best starts this week. Um, so, okay, mine's easy because it's an arts fan, and if you hit an inside park home run, you are my player of the week. That's just how it goes. <laughs> okay. So I think that's a good policy. I think 
those and picture home runs are like the, the best for me. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like that's that's fair. So, um, don't get me wrong. I know you put out on um, Sunday, you put out some more questions. So I'm going to do a lot of questions this week, but, you know, it, it's good to talk to the talk to the listeners and the readers. Right. It is. Uh, so we did. We got a couple more questions on Sunday. Uh, you know, we ask them every week. You can send them to us at any time. We will be happy to answer them and give you Giants content that you want. <laughs> uh, so the first one we got was from uh, Steve Svensson again, who it's not technically a question, but he said, we just played the Phillies, so this seems relevant as a talking point. And he posted a graphic of the Phillies increasingly poor finishes every year. You know, World Series champions, and they lost the World Series, lost NLCS, lost NLDS, third in the East, fourth in the Skipped the stairs entirely. Right. We were like, oh, there's definitely a fireman pole in this hole. And there wasn't. It was just a hole <laughs> that we jumped in. Just a hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they could get worse from here, either team. Well, I guess they could lose more games. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. All of the games. Um, next question came from at B underscore Demunio. Who asked, do you think it's time to remove the unrestricted statue? Uh, I don't think that's a statue. That's just a guy who keeps staring at his. <sighs> yeah, I don't foresee any statues in Hunter Strickland's future. No. Uh, those are kind of those are kind of set for you know like really good players that play for a long time and yeah. aren't known for being you know, um, hot-headed, I guess, and childish. Yeah. Uh, that is good. Uh, and then the last, oh, we have two more. One was uh, from at LB37, who asked, how many days is spring training? Uh, either not enough or too many. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. T- too many. <laughs> too many, Yeah. There's still a lot of this season left. It's not like we're in the off season. Yeah, we have more than a month. We have maybe almost a month and a half left of regular season here, and you get to watch the Giants do all of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the last question comes from Cody Bensky at KEC, who asks, who let this happen in regards to the Giants being eliminated from the NL West? You did, Cody. You did. You stopped believing. 
you stopped believing. They, the Giants, you know, the Giants actually stopped playing, don't stop believing for a while. And then yesterday they played it again after they lost the lead in the eighth inning. And it's like, that's about right. You can really only play that when, when it's hopeless. So I think they nailed it. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> I think at this point it's more, it's more of an ironic song choice because I think everyone kind of has stopped believing. It's like they're pleading with the fans. No, really, don't stop believing. We'll, we'll come back. I had um, somebody tweeted at me that there's those cards still in play. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, they're only 18 games out with six weeks left to play. Anything can happen, right? Exactly. Anything can happen. <laughs> um, okay, so um, one last note. I know that we're a Giants-oriented baseball podcast, so we try to stick to sports as much as possible, but... To get real for just a second, um, things have been pretty ugly in the world the last couple of weeks. And as someone who has, you know, a tiny, minuscule platform, i just like to use that to encourage everyone to speak out against racism and white supremacy when you encounter it. Um, whether it be at the ballpark or among your friends and family, or especially if it's marching through your town in Nazi regalia. Um, just do the right thing and shut it down. And that's about, that's about it. Doug, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, don't. Don't be a Nazi. And if you're a Nazi, don't listen to this podcast. Because we don't want Nazis. We do not. Um, or, you know, yeah, any of that. So, um, okay. So that wraps it up for this episode. Um, feel free, as always, to leave us your comments on McCoveyChronicles.com, where Grant, Doug, and the rest of us will be slogging through the rest of this lost season trying to find a way to enjoy it. Um, you can always contact us on Twitter at Mc, uh, at McCloncast or me at Sammy Higgins, that's S-A-M-I-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. And Doug, where can the people find you? I am at Moonwalk McFly on Twitter. Okay, so uh, otherwise, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye.